like the McRib comes back every season, we got What's in Fly Stewie's Portfolio back by popular, popular, popular demands. High Flake Crew, it's your lovely pilot at Fly Stewie, and you're listening to The Uneducated Investor. And I know a lot of you guys, um, you guys are investing. You guys are looking at stocks. You guys are doing your research. And I just want to, you know, share something that I think you guys would find interesting. Now, just remember, I'm not telling you to buy in of these. I'm telling you to do your research. And a lot of these, I did little to no research on just as a heads up. See, maybe you just want to copy me blindly. But I'm going to tell you guys what's in my stock portfolio on the part two series. Now, of course, the part one series, if you want to listen to that, it's in the show notes below. But today, we're going to talk about what's in my stock portfolio. Now, as an investor, I'm more of a day trader of Forex. But of course, when it comes to passive investments... I go to stocks, particularly more likely ETFs. Um, Another thing to note that while I'm saying the, um, while I'm telling you guys how much, while I'm telling you guys what stocks I'm going to put my portfolio, I'm not necessarily telling you the weighting. So that's something to keep in the back of your mind. But enough of the preamble, enough of the intro. Let's get into the weed of things. What's in Fly Studio's portfolio? Now, this is going to be halfway because I don't want to go over the things I went over last time. So we're going to start off with the next three. Now, the next one is XME. Um, this is a Spider and S&P Metals and Mining ETF. Uh, the one after that is SCHB. This is a high, uh, what is this, like a high dividend? I think it's another high dividend ETF. And SCHD, which is another high dividend ETF, I believe. I could be wrong. I don't know. Anyways, these are three ETFs. So XME, I wanted to get more exposure to the S&P uh, metals and minings. I just wanted to get um, some exposure to commodities. So I looked at it. I liked it. I liked the expense ratio. And I just put it in just for the extra diversification. I don't necessarily hold the most of this, but I thought it was good just to make a play off of, you know, um, at first, if you remember when Trump was um, when Trump was getting in office, there was big talks of different uh, resources that were going to go up because, of course, he wants to build that wall. So um, hey, that was a good play on it. Um, SCHB, this is just overall S&P um, exposure, so I thought that would be good. Actually, I think the SCHB is um, this one more. Let me just look it up on Google. I don't want to tell you guys the wrong stuff. Ooh. You know what? Looking up on Google is taking longer than I thought, but <laughs> I believe this is a broad market um, ETF. So this is a small caps, large caps, and mid market um, stocks in there. So great, great exposure. Gives you exposure to the whole U.S. market, and of course, it's great. SCHD. Um, this is a high dividend, um, high dividend ETF. Now, at first, when I had my portfolio, or maybe around, I think it was been like two years, I was looking at more high dividend ETFs, and that's because when a market dips, um, when the market goes down, you're more. So when a market goes down, right? You want an ETF that's not as volatile. Like you don't want it to react to the market and overreact and go further down than the market. So of course, high dividend companies, they're necessarily bigger. If they're paying you out a dividend, they're more probably more stable. So I was expecting um, this ETF not to react to a market drop as drastically as let's say an Amazon or a Facebook or, or just something that's not having a high dividend there. So that was kind of the mindset of that. Um, two years ago, I was expecting the market to either stabilize or go down. But, of course, it's on fire even through the Trump election. Trump actually was a big uh, boost of the, you know, 
S&P because, of course, he's so pro-business that businesses are going to boom. Um, next is Snap, Snap the Snapchat stock, uh, Toronto Dominion Bank, and the Vexus Total International Stock ETF. So the first one, the Snapchat app um, one. This is probably just, I just really, um, you know, I was, I guess, intrigued by how Snapchat was doing so poorly. I was intrigued by how you say, because Instagram took all of Snapchat's features and Snapchat just took a beating in the stock market. So this actually intrigued me a lot. Um, I bought Snapchat, probably terrible investment to have on my portfolio, but I'm going to hold it for 10 years and see if it goes bankrupt or gets bought by another company. Um, that's kind of my thought about it. Um, but Snapchat could survive. Like, I think Snapchat really highlights the just a saturation of the social media landscape. And what I mean by that is before we were thinking about what's going to be the next Facebook, I think we're at a point in time where there's never going to be a next Facebook. Like you think of a successful social media platform like Vine and Snapchat, they're Vine basically went out of business and Snapchat's having trouble kind of penetrating that. And that just shows you the dominance of players like Facebook, which owns Instagram, of course, in that marketplace. Um, next, we have TD. Um, so I'm in Canada. So, of course, I invest in Canadian dollars. I wanted to invest, uh, use my Canadian dollars so I wasn't paying that foreign exchange. Toronto is one of the biggest, uh, TD is one of the biggest banks in Canada. It was a very easy play. And what made this play even better was that TD had a little controversy. Um, basically, the controversy came out that where um, tellers or financial advisors were pressuring clients into making purchases. So because of this, TD stock took uh, dip for bad practices. However, I know this dip was temporary because let's face it, every single organization that sells stuff has bad practices. TD was just targeted by the media and, and put as the example. So when it dipped, I was just waiting for it to stabilize and I bought back. And of course I made profit on that dip. Very easy investment. Um, Vexus international stock ETF. Once again, I want an international exposure. And this was because of things like the Brexit. I found that um, the Brexit caused so much uncertainty that it probably dip a lot of companies down there in London. So just waited for it to stabilize, got in, and just this ETF has been dominating for me. And for the next two, I have Vanguard Healthcare ETF, that's VHT, Wells Fargo. Um, and <laughs> so for these two, uh, healthcare ETF, just another play, another diversification play, really on healthcare. I just assumed that, you know, they're pretty stable businesses. You know, I'm from Canada. I don't believe this is a Canadian portfolio, but um, if someone's sick or someone's dying, like, you know, this probably has senior living in there. If someone's sick, someone's dying. You're not trying to move your grandfather out of a senior home because there's a cheaper price across the street. Healthcare companies usually are pretty stable. So it just seemed like easy play. Um, and of course, with um, the health reform and Obamacare, I thought there was a play somewhere there. So I'm like, mm, let me just get a little bit of exposure to there. It's been doing fairly relatively well for me, I would say. Um, Wells Fargo, uh, there is an again, there's a scandal. And you can kind of see my mindset of these. There's a scandal. Uh, Wells Fargo's, uh, their stock take started to get dip. I saw there's opportunity to buy once it stabilized. And of course, I just held it and sold. I sold off actually most of them and took that profit. But it was definitely great for that short term money making um and to finish it out so that was in my rsp um 
which of course is my, you know, lowers my tax bracket. This one is my TFSA, which um, you guys aren't from Canada, but this helps me um, basically not pay things such as capital gains. It helps me not get taxed on my stock return. So in this, I have BRKB, I have Facebook, I have some more Snapchat, and I have some Twitter. So let's talk about these. Um, BRKB, I bought this one because in my TFSA, if I buy a company that pays dividends and it's a U.S. company, I essentially get charged from it, <laughs> right? I, I get I have to pay, like, I think it's a withholding tax or something. So BRKB is great. BRKB is great. This is actually, um, this gives you exposure to Warren Buffett's stock picks. And what's great about that is, of course, Warren Buffett, he is a mogul. And you know his stocks are going to do well. Like right now, um, I'm actually looking. This is one of my few um, things that are down in my portfolio. But I know over the long term, I've hold this for 10 years. It's going to be great. Uh, Warren Buffett's one of those guys, whenever he makes a stock decision, hedge funds and everyone follows right in after him. Uh, you know, he buys out big companies. Like all his companies are going to be great. This is just an easy buy and hold forever type of strategy. Facebook, once again, I think I told you in the last one, but they had a big scandal, huge dip. And I just gobbled that up. I'm super bullish on Facebook. I'm super bullish on Amazon. Um, of course, I'm tremendous. I'm so, somewhat bullish on Google, of course, but Facebook and Amazon, I think, are going to be the biggest companies um, in 10, 20 years, easily, um, if they're not already the biggest companies. Uh, Snapchat, once again, I just explained, and Twitter. Um, interestingly enough, I was watching a. I was watching. I recently started going back on Twitter. I used to be big on Twitter when it was just literally Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> And I stopped going on it because Twitter was a mess. It was really just a mess. That's the best way to explain it. Like your timeline didn't even make sense. There's no relevance of going down your timeline. And if you remember, Facebook actually got the whole timeline idea from Twitter. So that was one of the big draws to Twitter. But going back recently on Twitter, I realized that out of all the social medias out right now, when something happens in the news, Twitter is by far the funniest place to find your memes and in a culture of meme culture that we are right now that is a huge deal that is a really 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 big deal it's really huge so that's why for me twitter just made so much sense it's so much more user friendly now than what people remember with them increasing the character limits and everything of that nature so i expect people to start slowly getting back on Twitter and with Donald Trump basically champagning and campaigning for Twitter with every time he tweets, everyone's knowledge of Twitter and their awareness of it is brought up every time he tweets some crazy stuff about the NFL or about anything that he does. So that's my list. That's some interesting companies to have there. Basically, it's just a buy and hold forever strategy. Um, so far in these two years, I'm doing somewhat well, but just remember, markets usually correct around every seven to nine years. I think it's been um, 11 years from that 2008, 2007-ish crash. So 10, it's been like 10, nine years. So the market should correct somewhat soon. So uh, have some cash on hand. That's my thing. But that's my portfolio. Um, let me know what you think. Uh, once again, this is at Fly Studio on Instagram and Twitter. And you are listening to The Uneducated Investor. And as always, guys, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. Why is that? Why is that? That is because the uneducated investor, they never, ever, 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 ever stop learning. Thank you.